The Dallas Stars found themselves in an offensive shootout last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs and fell just short in overtime by a score of 4-3. to three. And on today's show, we will break down this game and talk about what the Stars did well and what the Stars need to improve upon. And then we will send you on your way talking quickly about Saturday's matchup against the New Jersey Devils, all coming up on this Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Friday, April 8th. Happy opening day to all my Texas Rangers baseball fans out there. Uh, Hopefully, the Rangers have a good season, and that's all I'll say about that. Go check out Bryce Patrick over at Locked On Texas Rangers if you don't listen to him already because he does fantastic work. But do that after you listen to Locked On Stars. Uh, And speaking of that, Thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen of the day. Now you have your second listen of the day as well with Locked on Texas Rangers. Remember, our show is free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen, whether that's on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube. Be sure to hit the follow button on your podcasting platform and the subscribe button on YouTube. We've recently passed 200 subscribers. Thank you guys so much for the continued support. But without Any further hesitation with the introduction out of the way, let's talk about last night's thrilling game that took place at the American Airlines Center between the Stars and the Maple Leafs. And I say it was thrilling. It was actually a pretty slow game to get started, but, you know, it really came down to a back-and-forth effort. I think the biggest takeaway from this game is, one, that the Stars do get a point out of this. They now sit two points above the Vegas Golden Knights instead of just one. Uh, and, you know, you got to take what you can get. Every point is valuable. And there were a lot of moments in this game where it seemed like Dallas might not come away with any points. So the fact that they were able to come away with one is huge. And it was all because of their resiliency and their ability to respond to goals from the Maple Leafs. I mean, we saw it even in the early stages of the game. William Nylander scores after one of the weirder sequences that you'll see. Marion Student each goes crashing into the Toronto Maple Leafs net. He takes out Jack Campbell and knocks the net off of its pegs. But, you know, I think everyone in the arena, the fans, and most of the players thought the play was dead just because the the, the net was literally sliding towards the board. So you would think, you know, you maybe got to stop the play. But, uh, you know, there there's a rule that says that the Stars would have had to touch the puck for the play to be blown dead. So, uh, Nylander takes, you know, he he and the rest of his team take advantage of that and they get a goal out of it. And uh, Scott Wedgwood did comment on that after the game. Let's take a listen to hear what he had to say about that whole sequence from his perspective. Uh, net comes off, Campbell's on his back, wasn't sure, you know, what was going on. And then music's on, guys kind of stopped playing and then they just came on a rush and puck just lost its velocity and kind of dipped on me. I don't know if, you know, there was a stick involved or, or what yet. I haven't really looked at it, but I mean... There's a rule there for a reason. I think we have to have possession from the blow it down. Um, you know, regardless, you gotta you know help the team there and, and try and keep that one out of the net. Definitely one of the weirder situations that you'll see, and you know, uh, certainly for any goaltender, that's a very odd spot to be in. And uh, hopefully, 
you know, I can't imagine we will see anything like that again for the rest of the season. But I think that now Wedgwood and hopefully Jake Ottinger, having watched that, will be prepared for anything and, and know that, you know, you got to be for certain that the play is blown dead uh, before you just kind of slack off in the crease and, and have one slip by you. But nonetheless, the Stars respond rather quickly with another kind of funky goal. This one from Tyler Sagan. Uh, set up nicely by his teammates. The second line, again, continuing to be very productive with Ben, Sagan, and Studenich. And uh, again, it is a weird, funky goal. Uh, Razor on the broadcast called it the accidental uh, because Jamie Ben was looking to kind of put the puck a little closer to the net, kind of a hard pass that tipped off Sagan's stick, and it threw off Jack Campbell and goes in between his legs and results in the equalizer for the Stars in that moment. Absolutely insane sequence from Student each knocking the goal off its pegs to eventually the second line tying the game up. And the Stars just kept responding to deficits all night long. I mean, Austin Matthews comes with his first goal of the game on the Leafs power play. The record-setting goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise leader. He's now the, the leader in goals in a single season for the Maple Leafs. But then, you know, not too long after that, uh, we see... John Klingberg get a very beautiful pass from Joe Pavelski. Let's actually take a listen to what Pavelski had to say about that play to John. Yeah. Um, you know, you're up there, the puck's coming, you're trying to get it. You sh- They're all coming from the goal line. And, you know, as you settle it and take a look, the, the guy's in the lane, so that kind of shuts shuts down for me and I was just able to kind of catch him out of the corner of my eye and, you know, make a play over to him and nice finish by him. Yeah, absolutely big play. Both those guys in their postgame pressers talked about the play and how it was set up. And, you know, Pavelski not even really looking at Klingberg immediately, but then seeing how much space he was given. No one on the Maple Leafs accounts for him, and they get a big goal out of it. I mean, that's going to be one of the easiest shots to hit for any NHL player, but especially a guy as good as John. And he let that puppy rip. It was awesome. The crowd exploded. Huge moment at the AC to tie it. Really good stuff. And, you know, that's just a classic Joe Pavelski play, his 69th point on the season. He would get his 70th later with his, again, equalizing goal after the Morgan Riley score for the Maple Leafs. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Suter takes a nice shot from the boards that Joe Pavelski tips in perfectly with less than five minutes to go in the game. And we talk about it all the time on the show. Anytime we have a guest on that, you know, covers another team and they always ask about Joe Pavelski and what makes him so special this season. We say he's always the first guy out on the ice at practice and he's always working on his tippins in front of the net. And, you know, it finally, you know, I say finally as if he hasn't done it other times this season, but we finally saw the fruits of his labor in that moment last night to tie the game. And again, that's eventually what led to overtime and eventually what led to the stars getting at least one point out of this matchup and overall the stars did play a lot better in the third period i thought they took a little bit more control in the defensive and offensive zone it felt like most of the game was played in the stars defensive zone but they finally were winning some face-offs which we'll talk about a little bit later and they seemed to just be at a little bit more control and with a little bit more sense of urgency rightfully so because they were down in the third period and time was not their friend but overall they came together at the end forced OT and and played pretty well in overtime, but uh, a fantastic move by the best scorer in the NHL uh, wins the game for the Maple Leafs. But still, uh, the Stars do come away from this game with, you know, a semblance of something with one point, although it would have been nice to get the two. We will take what we can get. But coming up after a quick break, we will continue to break down last night's game and get some more sound bites from members of the team like John Klingberg, Rick Bonus, and hear a little bit more from Scott Wedgwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with built bars. They are better for you. Most candy bars can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. While most built bars only contain 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Coconut mint brownie, coconut almond, and a new flavor for this month white chocolate cookies and cream. All the flavors are delicious and Built Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time because they are all about the taste. They make their bars taste delicious first and then they find a way to make it healthy and I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Jumping back into this Friday episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Your host, Dane Lewis, here at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. You can also follow our show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. And I made a few predictions uh, before the game on Thursday saying that, you know, the Stars, if they were going to win, would probably need to score at least four goals. And I was right. Had they scored four goals, they would have won because that means they would have been scoring in overtime. And I also said Austin Matthews was due for at least one or two goals. And I was right on that as well. And you just kind of got the sense in the air that Austin Matthews was due for a big night and he comes through in a big way, you know, uh, an American born player, probably not even probably undoubtedly the best American player in the league right now. Uh, I had to put up the Mike Madonna Jersey behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, just, uh, I feel like Austin Matthews, it's, I feel like it's a fair, you know, I guess comparison to say that he is this generation's or at least the modern day Mike Madonna when it just when you talk about you know an American born player just the skill set the ability to score the way they skate uh, just truly a spectacular player both of his goals just I mean world class moves I mean he has a beautiful shot and it I mean that Leafs power play is the best in the NHL in overall percentage so they were bound for at least one power play goal and then that OT game winner just absolutely insane as soon as he looped out of the offensive zone to neutralize and started coming back in I I knew it I was sitting there and I thought he's scoring here there is no doubt in my mind that he is scoring uh, as unfortunate as it was and, and it literally came true he gets by all three stars players and just puts the puck past Scott Wedgwood and uh, speaking of Wedgwood let's hear from him and John Klingberg about what it's like to go up against the best scorer in the league. I've played him a few times now, and obviously he's a very talented player. And you know, I think uh, I think he broke that Toronto record tonight or whatever. So you, know, you got to tip your hat to to some guys in the league on the skill that they have. But uh, yeah, I mean, they find him, they give him looks. He's he's sitting in a goal scorer's position. You know, he's the opposite of Ovechkin on the other side for the the blocker side one timer. And you know, the two goals he had, I, I didn't give him much, but he found a way to, to get him in there. So, um, you know, when you get the, I don't know how many shots he had, 12, 14 shots on net, yeah, you get an opportunity to score. And, um, you know, power play or not, he's uh, he's a skilled guy to find some holes. So, you know, tip your hat to him. Obviously, congrats to him on that, but uh, obviously didn't want it to happen on me. I mean, great players, elite players like that, they're going to get their chances. Uh, I think we could maybe limit him a little bit more. I think he had a lot of shots and shot attempts, but a guy like that is going to get his chances, and he's obviously the best in the league scoring goals. So uh, it's tough, but uh, just try to limit his time. Certainly going to be a challenge for anyone in this league going up against number 34 for the Maple Leafs. But, you know, overall, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, he could have had a lot bigger of a game. And there were still some moments where they shut him down well because he was on the ice for a long time and he put up a ton of shots on goal. I'm actually blanking on the number now, but uh, 12. Yeah, had it pulled up on, on NHL.com right here. 12 shots on goal uh for austin matthews i think at one point the stars only had eight total and he had nine as an individual so 
I mean, he was just going after it this game. And, you know, it's just one of those games where you play against a prolific player like that. And sometimes they get the best of you. And that certainly was the case last night. But it wasn't just that. I mean, Austin Matthews is a great player and he did play fantastic last night. But the Stars were overall just dominated in the faceoff circle. They were dominated in their own zone. I mean, Toronto is an excellent puck possession team. And if you let them control the puck, I mean, they will kill a ton of time and wear you out in your own defensive zone. So even if you do break up their play and get, you know, kill their momentum, it's going to be hard for you to generate any momentum offensively because you are so tired from, you know, chasing them around and trying to stop them from scoring that you have to change. And then, you know, maybe you lose the puck while you're trying to change guys on the ice or you try to keep your guys that you have out there. And your offense just isn't as effective because everyone is absolutely gassed from trying to stop one of the most powerful offenses in the NHL. And, you know, even I was actually impressed with the Stars penalty kill overall. I mean, they did allow that Matthews power play goal. But at one point they were on a five on three and they actually got the stop there, which was really impressive. I got very, very nervous in that sequence. Just again, best offense in the NHL, best score in the NHL and only three defenders on the ice. But the Stars found a way and, you know, that was one highlight. But overall, the first two periods were marked by bad face off circle performances from the Stars and just an inability to clear the defensive zone and get anything going offensively and rick bonus leaned into that a little bit in his post-game press conference as well once in the third period we finally won some face-offs you know we were dominated there for two periods they had the puck the whole time because we kept losing face-offs and it's not that's not a good team to do that because they're, they're, they're a puck possession team and you just lose face-off you're chasing them all night third period we, we started to win some face-offs we started to and we cut down on the time in our zone, and we cut down on the shots against. Yeah, I think just going away from this game, that you know, something that the Stars can take with them into this weekend for their back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday is just be better in the face-off circle, and that's going to be easier to do because not only is Toronto the best power play team, best one of the best offenses in the league, they're also one of consistently the top-ranked teams in the face-off circle. So they do a lot of things well, and it was just on full display in this game in Dallas on Thursday night. So, you know, now you play, you go from one of the best teams in the league in Toronto to one of the worst teams in the league in New Jersey on Saturday. So hopefully the Stars can sharpen that up a little bit in this next matchup and get back to being themselves and also just establish themselves in the offensive zone more consistently across the entire 60 minutes and not just the last 20 or really when you think about it, the last 10. I think that's going to be a lot easier for them to do against New Jersey, and even Chicago on Sunday. I think they have a great chance to get back to their style of offense that they want to run, and even their style of defense where they can pursue the puck a little better and actually clear the zone with a little bit more efficiency than they did against the Maple Leafs. But all in all, not a putrid performance, but certainly a little bit left to be desired. And I think the Stars will get it cleaned up uh, and you know come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder on Saturday against New Jersey. And coming up after another quick break, we will give you a quick insight preview to Saturday's matchup. Pretty big storyline as the Devils are now without one of their biggest pieces. And it's a big game for Dallas and, you know, one that they definitely should come out on top. We will talk about it more after another quick break. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net. 
where the game starts. And closing out the final episode of this week of the Locked on Stars podcast, your first listen of the day. Thank you so much again, guys, for stopping by today's episode and tuning in. And uh, we'll get we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday because we have two games this weekend. The first of those coming this Saturday, a matinee game, one o'clock puck drop time against the New Jersey Devils. The Stars have already played the Devils once this season and handled them quite soundly back when they had that Eastern Conference road trip where they went 4-4. I believe that was the finale, if I'm not mistaken. I think they played Philadelphia on a Monday night, and then it was Jersey on a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, the Stars did win that game quite soundly. Big performance all around from the top line and, and pretty much just the entire lineup. Uh, and, you know, Dallas is going to look to get back right in this game. I mean, it's a little bit of a frustrating overtime loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday, but you still get a point out of it. You still have that two-point lead over the Vegas Golden Knights, and now you have a great opportunity to bounce back and get two points against a team that you are much better than. And even, you know, they're much better than them even when they're at full health, but they're actually not. I'm sure many of you know it's been a fairly big story around the NHL the past week or so that Jack Hughes, uh, the the budding superstar for the New Jersey Devils is done for the rest of the season with a knee injury. He will not be playing in this game. And the New Jersey Devils are also just coming into this game probably riding the lowest point of their season. They just got thrashed by the Montreal Canadiens at home. The Canadiens, if it, the New Jersey Devils aren't the worst team in the league, it's the Montreal Canadiens. And the Canadiens, I believe, won 7-4 to four in that game. I mean, just an absolute offensive slugfest. Uh, there, I guess, for both teams, but seven from the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, that's a bad look for anybody. And, you know, even before that game, the, the New Jersey Devils had lost four in a row. So they've now lost five consecutive games. And it's just a tough stretch for them. I mean, this is a team that's still kind of in their rebuild. A lot of young, promising talent. I mean, Jesper Bratt is still a fantastic player, leads the team and points. But other than that, I mean, there's not a lot to write home about with this New Jersey squad. I mean, this is just a team that on paper, but then also even on the ice is just inferior to the Dallas Stars and just about every facet of the game. However, they do have the 14th best penalty kill, which I, I feel like I, I didn't maybe I don't remember what they were the last time these teams met up, but I was not expecting them to be that high up on the PK. So the Stars power play troubles may continue in this matchup, depending on, you know, if they draw penalties and how many penalties they draw. But their power play is also down pretty low, ranked 26th overall in the entire NHL. So special teams might not be a big factor, but at the same time, it would be really nice if we could see the Stars flip the narrative on the power play a little bit and maybe break the, the confidence of this 14th ranked PK unit for the Devils. So no reason at all that the Dallas Stars should not come away on Saturday with anything less than two points. And I expect it to be by more than one goal. This game should not really be close. Uh, this should be a game where, you know, maybe you take a comfortable lead and you can kind of spread out the minutes and, you know, not guys don't have to play as hard where they still have a little bit of energy and a little bit of mojo going into Sunday's matchup with the Chicago Blackhawks, which will be a little bit more difficult of a tilt. Uh, if you ask me, yeah, the, I mean, neither team very good, but Chicago, in my mind, definitely a little bit better than the New Jersey Devils. And you have to play that game in Chicago, second game of a back to back. So if the Stars can take care of business early and get a little bit more rest and not have to play guys as much in as many intense situations, that is the best case scenario. And it's just a must win game. It's at home against an inferior opponent. You know, first game of a back-to-back, -back, you have to get this win. No excuse at all, and I think Dallas will get the job done. I predict a 5-2 to two score 
Uh, and I think someone on that top line gets the scoring going. I'll go Jason Robertson this time around, and I imagine we'll maybe see Jake Ottinger, or we could see Scott Wedgwood again, but I think it'll be a one-in-one -one appearance based on what Bonus was saying in his post-game presser. But Wedgwood played fantastic against Toronto on Thursday, so I'd be excited to see him. And, of course, Jake Ottinger is Jake Ottinger never going to complain about seeing number 29 between the pipes for the Stars. But that's going to do it for today's episode Thank you again for stopping by today's show and for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Remember what I said earlier, make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Texas Rangers podcast, especially if you love Rangers baseball. That is the show for you. Be sure to tune in on Monday as we will be covering the games from the weekend, the Stars and Devils game on Saturday and the Stars Blackhawks game on Sunday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and the follow button. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, remember, you can also leave a rating and review if you like what you hear. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. You can also find our show's account on Twitter at Locked on Stars. But I hope you have a great weekend, Stars fans. We will see you back here on Monday.